If you want to understand how marketing is changing and how that will affect your brand, you need Future Proof, the podcast from Kantar that tells you how to find growth. Created in conjunction with Side Business School at Oxford University, the Future Proof podcast provides a unique perspective on what truly makes a difference. To understand what's winning in marketing, subscribe to Future Proof, a Kantar podcast now. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. You want to know what the best email marketing service is for your small business? Well, I've got the team for you. Emailtooltester.com is the place to find reviews and tutorials of newsletter services like ActiveCampaign, MailChimp, GetResponse, and many more. Download their free comparison spreadsheet that will help you find the best email marketing service among many providers. Just Google Email Tool Tester Comparison Template to find it. Again, just Google it. Email Tool Tester Comparison Template to find it. You know I've been talking about earned media value for quite some time on this podcast. My friends at Eisenberg have just raised the bar on earned media benchmarks with their social index. Social Index now gives you globally earned media values across a growing list of six geographies for all your KPIs across the top seven social platforms, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Snapchat, TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube. You can now visualize these values for deeper analysis, and they have a look-back window over two years of historical comparisons. Social Index is updated daily. Don't get stuck with old data. Over 1,000 companies have used the Social Index to understand the ROI of their social campaigns. And if you work with a social agency, you should demand they incorporate earned media values into your reports. Get your earned media value for social content. Visit earnedmediavalues.com slash Allen. Again, that's earnedmediavalues.com slash A-L-A-N. For all of us, it's about predicting where the consumer is going and getting half of it right. One of the things we want to do is create ads that don't suck. Embracing change creates great possibility. I'm Alan Hart, and this is Marketing Today. Today on the show, I've got Carl Laredo. He's the Wendy's Company's Global Chief Marketing Officer since February of 2023. And he previously served as the Chief Marketing Officer for the U.S. from 2019 to his recent promotion. On the show, we talk about his career path from previous to Wendy's at PepsiCo to joining Wendy's and becoming the new global CMO and elevating his role talk about the change that that brings on thinking about global brand building and local adaptation. We talk a lot about social media. Wendy's has been known for many, many years about their social media success. We talk about how they drive that success and then where they're going into the future and how social media is evolving as a strategy for them. 
We also talk about digital and how they're thinking about new technologies to drive digital transformation and tools, both in physical experiences as well as digital experiences. We spend time talking about those topics and much, much more. Don't want to miss this episode with Carl Laredo. Carl, welcome to the show. Well, thanks so much. Glad to be here. Really appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. I want to start because I, I've heard that you got, maybe you were destined for to be the CMO of the Wendy's company. I heard you have some early experiences with Wendy's. Tell me more about that. Yeah, maybe it was my destiny. You know, I, I think back to my my childhood and my mom was a single parent and uh, it was just she and I for quite some time. And, and Wendy's was our Friday night spot. Uh, I have some amazing and fond memories of the two of us hitting up the local Wendy's. And I always got the Big Bacon Classic, of course, because it's just an amazing sandwich. And uh, my mom hit the salad bar. And so, you know, as I think back about those times and, you know, she and I getting to spend those special moments together, you know, we'd hit up Wendy's and then head home for all that Friday night television that was on back in the day. But I did have to go to bed before Falcon Crest because that was way too late to uh, <laughs> as you might imagine. But, you know, it's interesting. My first uh, week at Wendy's, I actually, the, the second day I was here, got to have dinner with Wendy. And I remember um, oh, wow. being on my way, way home and calling my mom. And I said, Mom, you're not going to believe it, who I had dinner with. And she said, who? And I said, Wendy. And she said, Wendy, who? I was like, Mom. Well, Wendy, I had I had dinner with her. And, uh, you know, it's just I think back on those times, again, just a healthy reminder about what this is all about. And we, we serve up amazing hamburgers each and every day. And we provide great experiences to our consumers through a variety of different channels and otherwise. But all that coming together is is what we're all about. And as I think about us as marketers, it's about providing amazing experiences for our consumers, ones that they can remember and think back on. And if you get that part right, then that's how you win. And so anyway, it's just a good, healthy reminder for me, but also for my team each and every day as we think through the things that matter and the experiences that we're trying to provide. No, I love that. I love that. And it's funny hearing you talk about what you and your mom did. It made me remember my mom's order. <laughs> I love <laughs> which it. Was, well, which, what did which, she which, go for? She, she went always for the chili cup like, you know, the cup of chili. And then she had like the salad on the side, like a small-ish salad and, and a frosty. Like Love that, but, you know, she hit all the all the good elements, I guess. There. <laughs> um, it's kind of funny when you started talking about it, it like it immediately came back in my head. Well, it, what, where did you get your start? And and like, what were some of the the stops along the way as you, as you ascended to your rightful place as the global CMO of Wendy's? Well, well, look, it, it has been a, a great ride at Wendy's. I've been here for almost eight years, which is quite amazing. And this is a U.S. CMO for four uh, leading up to this. And, um, you know, as we really tried to shift to that global mindset and thinking about how marketing comes together uh, for Wendy's, it's been exciting to take on that role at the beginning of this year. But, you know, I've had a, a very interesting background, as I think even just postgraduate school. You know, I worked for PepsiCo for a number of years, did everything from coming up with innovation for the Tostitos brand, like Tostitos Multigrain, to working in our relationship with the NFL back in the day before shopper marketing was even in vogue. We were using the NFL to find ways to get Walmart more excited about putting up displays uh, in their stores, and then worked on the agency side as well, which I think all those things coming together really helped me to have a, a broad collective experience to bring to the table. But you know, even before that, you know, working through college and afterwards, I worked in the landscape construction industry. 
So, you know, I feel like I've had a, a pretty varied background. It just goes to show that broader experience can come from anywhere. But really have been excited to, to take on this role, work with an amazing team here at Wendy's. You know, I say often, I think we, we truly do have the world's best marketing team. And uh, it's been a, an honor to be able to lead that group for the last eight years and, and excited to, to be a part of where we're headed. I love that. I love that. And we're going to, I hope we don't play this all the way through, but we've got a lot of similarities in some respects. You were a landscaper. I was a pool boy. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, uh, and, and then the worst part of the summers was actually helping to build the concrete pools. There's, I don't think there's anything worse than having concrete, you know, nuggets coming out of your nose. Uh, yeah, no doubt. Well, <laughs> and think about the healthy respect for the consumer and what they're up yeah. against and the challenges they're fighting oh, each yeah. and every day. And I think those personal experiences matter a lot. And yeah. I worked with crews of 75 guys that were, we were out there each and every day sweating like yeah. crazy. But, you know, again, in that case, trying to provide a great environment for folks to be able to enjoy outside. But I, I reflect back on those moments a lot. The days yeah. that it was Thursday and we hadn't gotten paid yet and what that felt like versus a Friday when we had. And so some days you feel flush with cash. And so you're in there buying a, a Baconator combo and getting after it with a large Frosty. And there are other days where, you know, you need to, to think about how you can rely more on, on the value menu or otherwise. But, you know, I just think any way that you can find those positive connections with consumers, what their real life is about and what challenges they may be going through. You know, that's, I believe that along with a variety of experiences to help think about how to shape up a program, build it out, and then ultimately about leading a team now, because, um, mm. you know, clearly today it's about creating vision, helping people uh, come along and, and get excited about where we're headed and then ultimately execute that. But I think all those components along the way have built me into the leader I am and uh, clearly a lot more gray hair today than back in those days. <laughs> digging holes and planting trees, but uh, <laughs> exciting to be on the journey I've been on. That's awesome. Well, you mentioned you've been the CMO for more than four years, but you've, you've recently shifted to this global role and I guess a global structure. Tell me a little bit about like how that changes your perspective and also how you think about balancing, if you will, the global brand and the you know local adapt adaptation or localization of that brand. Yeah, I mean... First and foremost, we're on a mission to make Wendy's globally the most talked about brand in the world. And so it's great to have that global vision and really be able to get after it that way. And, you know, the key here is we've got to do it not by outspending everyone, but we've got to outplay them. We've got some competitors that clearly have bigger budgets and we've got to figure out the best, best way to pave our, com you know, our conversations by really thinking about what matters to our consumers, being authentic and having two-way dialogues. And it doesn't matter whether we're in the U.S. or in you know, one of the 40 countries that we're involved in, that's what matters. And so you know, that's ultimately what we've begun to think about. And here we are as a great U.S. brand that was started by Dave Thomas in 1969, really to be the antithesis of what was available at the time. And that's what's led to this global challenger brand that we've always been. Better food, fresh, never frozen, frosties made with real milk, and ultimately making sure that consumer, consumers know that that's what we're all about. So I love the fact that I get to partner with our global teams now and really thinking about the overall strategy for Wendy's. And then how do we roll that out to the various countries and, and ultimately what's applicable to the consumers in that way? So you know, that's what we've really been getting after. You know, those authentic conversations look a lot like 
what we did on Twitch, first verified restaurant account to be a part of that, what we did in the Windyverse with Horizon World, how we broke Fortnite, destroying freezers in the game. All those things cross borders. They're not just for the U.S. They're things that people all around the globe are participating in. So trying to find a way to do that and really think through it. So we now have the the full global team thinking about the 7,000 restaurants we have out there, 30 plus countries around the world, and really trying to find a way to disrupt QSR uh, across the globe. So when I thought about reimagining the organization, it was around how do we drive speed and consistency to accelerate that global growth? And then more importantly, tap across you know all the resources within the marketing team to think about the U.S., but also every region, every country, every day. And that's where you know, I think that there's some efficiencies and a lot of learning cross borders that really can help us out. So we're excited about where we're headed with this. I also believe that it's going to help us treat our consumers like fans, like the friends they are for us. And so it doesn't matter if it's U.S. or otherwise. We don't see our consumers as transactions. They're real people. How do we engage with them? Um, making sure that our fans feel seen, understanding the nuances of each market and culture. So trying to figure out how that comes together. And, and by the way, it's working. We're seeing great resonance with our consumers. I think about a couple of things of late that we really were able to drive like crazy. You know, we had Shakira release her post breakup diss track with her big mega producer and DJ Bizrap in January 23. The collab was announced with a picture of both stars and a caption that just simply said tomorrow. And then here comes Wendy's getting on the action saying, hey, we're here for the beef. Great stuff in terms of fan reaction. And so just trying to find ways like that, that ultimately we can take the realization that we certainly are a U.S. brand. We were started here, you know, again, back in 69, but we're applicable to all countries around the world. And so finding ways that we can cross those borders, have the conversations in the right way and make sure that we're, you know, driving interesting engagement with with the consumers around the world is what we're all about. Well, I really appreciate all those examples, too. I mean, it brings brings it to life in a much more interesting way as well. And, and how you're also trying to drive cultural relevance with uh, with everywhere that you're going as well. One of the things I want to talk a little bit more about was your social media efforts. You guys have been known as somebody that does social media very well. I've seen a lot of success in that space as well. How are you evolving and adapting as social media changes over time? Yeah, it's, it's interesting how the space has continued to change and evolve. It all starts with that one-to-one conversation that I mentioned earlier and, you know, finding ways that we can evolve with the consumer. And so, you know, early on, it was text-based and, you know, that was the path that we were approaching. And so understanding what was up with our consumers really focused on what mattered to them. We were doing people's homeworks, homework and <laughs> going seven layers deep in Disney conversations because we knew that mattered to folks. and really being able to have an engagement just in a, in a different way. I remember someone reaching out at one point and said, wow, you guys know a lot about WWE. It's like, man, we know a lot about everything and we want to have conversations that matter with folks. But it has evolved. And so, you know, you just think about the shift to video and we got to take risks and really embrace the evolution of that digital presence. So it would have been easy to go on for the next iteration of National Roast Day and just do it again on Twitter because we'd had such great success, a ton of different brands engaging with us. But we we took a look inside and said, you know what? We got to figure out how to be different for our fans. You know, they're all over TikTok. Video as a component of the platform is really important. And so decided to move National Roast Day over to that platform. Mm-hmm. 
but hey, not without a bunch of risk. It's the first time ever that Wendy had really taken on a persona of herself. First of all, Wendy is a real human being. I know her. I had lunch <laughs> with her last week. Right. And so making sure that there's the Wendy that people see and hear and understand Wendy's to be today, but she is a real human being. What she talked like, what she felt like. And, you know, you can imagine, Alan, when you start roasting someone, <laughs> it's a little different when it's just text and you sort of say right. it in your head or a producer on a television show plays back what goes on. It's very different when all of a sudden it's a 37 second clip of Wendy and that's what you see in, you know, an animated mm. form. Right. The challenges behind how do you create that, the AI that was required to be able to produce over 200 videos in, in less than two days. And so there was a ton of risk in trying to create that. But we spent a lot of time working through it, tested with consumers to make sure that they were interested in seeing a Wendy that talked and felt and had emotion and, and what that could be. And so, you know, that was what was really exciting about that move, but also the risks that were associated with it. But no results, more TikTok followers in 72 hours than all of 22. We actually broke the TikTok comment function. It seems <laughs> to be a theme here, Alan. We break yeah, things. A we lot, break so. things. Yeah. But that's kind of our goal. And then we earned <laughs> over 335 million media impressions, uh, including segments on the Today Show and a variety of other things. And I think we had over 60 million views of National Roast Day. So at the heart of it, it, it all came together really well, but certainly without some risk. So that's a great example of just sort of the world of Twitter to what we did in TikTok. In comes threads, right? Right. And, uh, you know, to be on the forefront of culture, you also got to enter into some uncharted spaces, I would say, and really jump in alongside with our fans. We knew a ton of them were getting in on the threads action. It's like, all right, how do we want to do this? New platform, new rules. Uh, problem is, nobody really knows what the rules are yet. So you're kind of <laughs> playing in it at the same time. And so, you know, we got after it with a bunch of meme inspired content, content about the platform and just kind of trying to figure out what would hit. And you know, the new algorithm was all about sending like fresh content to feed people. So we figured, well, get in it quick, get in it early and often to see if we could get as much to pop it as possible. And clearly that history that we have with, you know, playful commentary worked pretty well. So <laughs> we're, we're not going to take it, any of it too seriously, but we still are you know, serious about what we do. And so it was pretty fun. You know, those are some of the things that, you know, we're really trying to find our way into. And anytime you can get in the middle of disruption between Zuck and others, uh, you know, you might be, be after it in some way. So you know, I'd say, if, you know, kind of to sum it up, as we think about all these different platforms, the different ways that we're trying to focus on how we can engage with our consumers. It's really about this nuance of culture, building community around topics that our fans care about, and then kind of the intersection of all those together in cultural places that matter to them. So, you know, like I said, we're, we like breaking things, but it's indicative of what we do. But gaming, first verified restaurant account on Twitch, Wendyverse on Meta's Horizon World, and breaking Fortnite when we were destroying freezers in the game back in the day, you know, on Spotify, like creating our own playlists. We had launch We Beefin to be out there in our own way with our own songs. And then even just in some of the engagement we've had around sports, we haven't talked a lot about that, but, you know, really owning March Madness, the way that we've approached NASCAR and, a, you know, a mm. bunch of different approaches to those components. I think what you see is we get involved in various platforms we know that matter to our consumers, but then we do it in such an authentic way that we're building on the experience versus feeling like a brand that just jumped in, slapped a logo and became disruptive. If we all do this right, you're actually creating that additive experience. And going back to where we started, Alan, 
is everything you're doing coming together to create an engagement with a consumer that creates moments for them? And so, right. you know, if you get it right, then those are some of the things that, that tend to work well for us. Yeah, no, it, it definitely makes sense. We, uh, I think the one of the things as you talk about, like just how you guys are activating on so many different fronts and just staying relevant as well. It's interesting to think about that because like you are a QSR restaurant chain, but you've characterized yourselves, you know, creating this windy character, if you will. And I know she's a real person too, but I think characters can really humanize a brand as well and 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 bring it to life in, in ways that you, you can't otherwise. If you want to understand how marketing is changing and how that will affect your brand, you need Future Proof, the podcast from Kantar that tells you how to find growth. Created in conjunction with Side Business School at Oxford University, the Future Proof podcast provides a unique perspective on what truly makes a difference. To understand what's winning in marketing, subscribe to Future Proof, a Kantar podcast now. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Um, I don't know if you, if you see that. If you think of it that way as well, how do you humanize that brand? Yeah, I think it's about humanizing. I think it's about being real. I don't think I know it's about being real. <laughs> being as real. Well. Yeah. Um, and, and that matters so much. So a couple of thoughts here. First, as we were opening our UK, you know, getting back into the UK a few years ago, to hear some anecdotes from consumers say things like, I just love this brand so much, I cannot wait to try the cheeseburgers. And just pause on that for a minute. <laughs> you know, here's an over 50 year old brand that has created so much engagement with consumers that across the pond, people know who we are, what we're all about, what we stand for. And, you know, that's led to a world where they want to come in and, and try the food now that it's made it made its way to their country. And the fact that I wear Wendy's logo gear a lot, and people want to, you know, me to give it to them off of my back. And sometimes <laughs> I do. Um, you know, that doesn't happen for a lot of the other brands that we compete with. In fact, I would, you know, beg to differ, it doesn't happen with any of them. And yeah. so, you know, I think it comes back to knowing who we are and we're a challenger brand as a, as that a challenger brand, we embrace the role as a category disruptor and, you know, we've got to outplay all of our competitors. And, you know, it's just an interesting environment that we live in, making sure that it always goes back to that. Are we making sure that we're living up to this, the reasons that Dave created us? And so, you know, that means that you know, making sure that we've got the best value out there for consumers when they're strapped in this environment that we live in with Biggie Bag and delivering way better value for our consumers with the five and six dollar offer than any of our competitors out there. You know, think about spicy nugs and talk about <laughs> a brand within a brand. Right. And you know, Chance the Rapper, I'll never forget that Saturday. I was driving down the road uh, with my son to a baseball game and I had my phone in my pocket and all of a sudden I could just, it was just, <laughs> and I was like, what is going on? And 
it was my team. And he had had his daily affirmation for the day on Twitter and said, please, for the love of God, let today be the day that Wendy's decides to bring back spicy nugs. <laughs> and the team, I remember hopping on the phone, I sat in the parking lot, Gage went off to, you know, have warm ups and, and hit a few. And uh, they said, this is the time our, our okay. consumers are begging for us to bring this product back if we truly live up to who we are and, and really paying attention to our consumers and what matters to them, like we should really go think about this. And I said, mm. all right, we thought about it. Let's make it happen. So, you know, I called uh, Deepak Osmani's our head of operations and started talking through what we required to be able to make this happen and how we could do it quickly. And, you know, not too long after that, Spicy Nugs are being reintroduced and, and Chance was a part of it. But it's those things. It's the fact that we all probably could admit that hot and, hot and crispy fries are the best thing in the world. Cold and froggy fries suck. And, you know, we unfortunately, us and the entire uh, competitive set was in a sitch where, you know, we weren't serving the world's best fries. And you could either kind of pass that by or say, you know what, we're going to take the time to work with our suppliers and ultimately deliver the very best fry that we possibly can. And, you know, in the cold and soggy fry era forever. And we did and ended up with a fry that beat McDonald's nearly two to one. But those are the types of things that we're truly embracing as we think about who we are as a brand, this role that we play as a category competitor, and uh, excuse me, the uh, the challenger within the, the category. And so, you know, it it's all about going beyond the transactions. It's like, we're so connected to our fans. It's all about the insight that matters to them and the opportunity to have two-way conversations. We never yeah. settle for just a logo slap, as I talked about, it's how do we build excitement and energy around these big stages and these big moments like we were talking about earlier. And then you just got to be comfortable with calculated risk. You got to know yeah. that what you're doing, it matters a lot to the consumer. So if you just start there, you know, it's going to be you know, likely a good risk to take. And you're saying, look, like at the heart of it, it's all about understanding what matters to our consumers, engaging with them in a meaningful way. And if we can get that right, then most of the time we're going to end up with something that's a hit on our hands. And I think we've shown time and time again that that's been the case. It's how we ended up as the number two brand in the space and continue to to look up and and uh, find ways to get after the big guy as well. So uh, well, exciting stuff. Well, congratulations on becoming number two. I mean, it, that's that's no small feat to climb the climb the ranks in that regard and doing it in a in your way, uh, you know, disrupting the competition like you just mentioned. I'm curious if you have any advice for other executives kind of in your in your space, thinking about wanting to be a disruptor, a challenger. It doesn't seem like it's for the faint of heart and it takes courage, but I don't, I, what else would you say it, it, it takes? <laughs> it takes both of those things, no doubt. But look, I think, the, I don't think, the, the number one key here is knowing who you are and starting there. And so not every brand is destined to be the disruptor or the challenger either. So I think that's the place where you got to be ready if that's the role that you're going to take on. And from everything we do to make sure that we have the very best fresh beef out there, it costs a whole lot more. And it's a whole lot harder to cook it in our restaurants. But it's the reason that your mom probably remembers her order. And you think yeah. about your Wendy's order, and it, it matters. So you know, mm -hmm. that's something in the heart of hearts that you got to really think through our brand positioning is up on our boardroom wall. It's up in our culinary kitchen downstairs. If you were to sit down and ask any of the marketers that work on our team, our key executives and otherwise, they could all play back, you know, our brand positioning. And why that matters is we know who we are. We know where we started and we know what our role is and how we're approaching our consumers. And, you know, look, we've got a number of folks that have 
come in early in early days uh, around social and otherwise and said, Carl, like, we've got to find a way to do what you do on Twitter. And we want, you know, this is early five, six, seven years ago. Right. How do we approach social media in the way that you do? And yeah. um, big brands that you've definitely heard of that are in Fortune 510. Mm. And it's like, let's start with number one. Please, don't, for the love of God, don't try to do what we do. Right. Know who you are and what role you play. And so the first piece of advice I would say is you got to look internally to understand what is, who are you? What are you all about? And then secondly, how does that engagement work with your consumer and and what matters Mm -hmm. to them? And so that's the piece that I would just keep pushing and, and ask all marketers, like understand your consumer to the core, understand what matters to them the most, know who you are as a brand. And then you got to find the intersection of those two things. And for us, it is all about being a category disruptor, about the things that we do differently and making sure that folks know about those. And then using platforms that matter to our consumers to go tell that story. For some of our consumers, that's NCAA and football and basketball and the engagement there. Mm. For a lot of our consumers, it's the world of gaming and what we do in that space. Others, it's social. But you know, those are the three things that really have come together well for us at Wendy's and how we think strategically to make sure that we're delivering it. And so that in and of itself, I I don't believe anybody ought to be just chasing the idea of being a disruptor because for most of them, it probably isn't the right play. But Mm. once you know who you are and have clarity around the consumer and and what challenges they're facing, you can figure out what you want to go do about it and the right way to communicate that you have to them. And uh, to me, that's the key. Gotcha. Well, you guys are going to continue to drive results in the market. How does digital play a role? And like, where are you headed as it relates? To, everyone's talking about things like Gen AI and other other related technologies. I'm curious what your take is. Yeah, sure. Yeah, no doubt. Cross delivery, drive through, in restaurant, you know, digital tools and in app experience are playing a role to bring more Wendy's to more people more often. So. You know, at the heart of it, that's what matters. And it wasn't that long ago that convenience was ultimately defined by location. So do you have the most number of restaurants in a given city or otherwise? And whether Wendy's had the most or happened to be on the right street corner. And now with the app, our fans can always be first in line, doesn't matter where you are, because you can come into our restaurant or we could deliver it to you if you want. So you know, that's the biggest role that, that digital is playing. And we're certainly committed to that, building out our digital capabilities, you know, our Wendy's app, deliver a fast, easy to use, personalized experience. And, you know, we were the first burger QSR to offer a loyalty program at Wendy's with Wendy's Reward and offering up monthly exclusive in-op offers, keeping an eye on what's going on with all those components. Like clearly it has played a big role for us and, and continues to. Folks want to wait in line on their terms. So how can you make sure that you're delivering against that? Mm-hmm. Folks want it to be easy to order your food and order your favorites. So let's make sure that we're delivering against it. And ultimately, you know, it is also about offering up value in the right way and, and thinking about offers that matter to you. And I think that's the biggest piece that digital offers is, you know, that one-to-one engagement and knowing our consumers and knowing that you, Alan, uh, may not be into the small salad that your mom was uh, <laughs> yeah, or the chili, exactly. but we should yeah. be intriguing you with uh, our latest made-to-crave sandwich. So, right. you know, those are the things that I think matter the most as we think about this overall and digital engagement and finding ways to do that. And you talked a bit about AI. I feel so fortunate that we have this strategic partnership with Google. We're transforming drive-through experience with generative AI, and that can enhance you know, customer and crew experience. So 
I really love the the opportunity there. And where digital is at its best is it gives our consumers the very best experience. But then going back to you know your pool days and me working in in the landscaping industry, also making sure that for the crew, the two hundred fifty thousand folks that are out there delivering a great Wendy's experience every day, it makes it easier for them too. And so, right. you know, I think the world is our oyster as it, as it comes back to AI and, and what that can deliver. You can imagine a world where you can order at one of our drive through windows in your native language. And I don't think mm. that's that far off. So those are a variety of the things that I think, you know, AI can offer up as well. But it, it still all comes back to, Alan, what, what matters to you? What food items do you like? And how do we make sure that the ordering experience is the easiest and most efficient, regardless of whether you want to pull up to our drive through walk into our restaurant, pull out your phone? Uh, we just got to make it easy and personalized to you. And so that's a, a big play that digital can can have for us as well. Love it. I love it. Well, if you if you are curious about my order, it's a, a single, a straight single with cheese, no onions. So. I love it. All right. All right. <laughs> I'm a classic, classic sure. person. But um, well, you guys have had a lot of success. So kudos on that. It's pretty interesting to see where you're going and, and hear you talk about that as well. One of the things we love to do on this show is get to know you a little bit better. We know you remember fondly your experiences with your mom at Wendy's. But my favorite question to ask everybody that comes on the show is, has there been an experience of your past that defines and makes up who you are today? Well, um, well that's interesting. I appreciate you asking me. I don't know that I point to one specific experience, but maybe where we started the show, you know, the fact that I didn't come in on a traditional path. Um, mm. And as I think about my team and ultimately building out the most high performing teams, it's about a variety of experiences that all come together. So let's pull this thread a little bit. Yeah. I actually have a BA in fine arts. So you might not have imagined that if not looking <laughs> at, you know, my LinkedIn profile or a resume. I thought I was going to be a technical director. What the heck does that mean? It's the person that brings together all aspects of a theatrical production, a dance show, a concert or otherwise from the creative director's vision to the lighting team, sound, all that stuff. Like, how do you put on a show? Mm. And, uh, you know, a couple of things about that. It's one, how do you get all those different pieces to come together to put on the most magical experience for a consumer? And how do you get that consumer or the audience to have a passionate response to the conflict of whatever that story may be? So interesting that that was in the world of theater and if you kind of think about that as my background, mm-hmm. then you go, well, wait a minute, that sounds really familiar <laughs> to the world of marketing, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah it is. Um, yeah. So why does that matter? For me and for my team, I think it's about looking for diversity of thought and diversity of approach. And so if you hired everyone that, by the way, we've got a lot of folks that have come up through traditional marketing path as well, but at the heart of it, it's about understanding a consumer. It's about knowing what matters to them. It's about bringing together cross-functional nature of what we do each and every day. And whether that's for a show or a concert or putting on the month that is NCAA college football and Final Four, all those things have to come together in this concert of engagement and then ultimately delivering a great experience. So I've got a great team that comes from a variety of different backgrounds. And certainly some of them have a more traditional path of Fortune 50 CPG traditional marketing. And we've got folks that have come from lots of other industry and uh, working in different ways. So I don't know, I'd say I go back and realize that I didn't have like 
one specific experience or a really traditional background, but that's led to a very different approach to the challenges we have each and every day. And so like that for the team as well, and, and probably important in the way that we build it out. No, it makes it makes sense. I, and I can't help but think that an idea for you, I'll just leave this here. It's an idea. You don't have to take it, but is Wendy's a Broadway show? <laughs> there you go. Well, it's um, funny I, you say that. We did a partnership back with, I guess it was two years ago during COVID on Annie. <laughs> so interesting. You know, they it was uh, filmed live for TV back in the COVID days. And it was like, here's mm-hmm. a interesting story about an orphan. Clearly with the Dave Thomas Foundation for Adoption, it matters a lot to us. And a, a redhead named Annie, um, kind of kind of an interesting uh, combination in the way that we thought about that uh, partnership. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, if you were starting this journey all over again, what advice would you give your younger self? <laughs> I don't know that my younger self would listen to me a whole lot. I, I have twins that are 15 and I can assure you they're not uh, listening up to dad all that. I'm just kidding. They're great kids. <laughs> if you're listening, Ainsley Engage, love you a ton. And uh, you, you guys are awesome. Advice for my younger self, you know, as we talked about, I think that the journey has been a little bit, not a little bit, it's been quite Um, non-traditional. And that's led to a great career and an unbelievable experience. And again, you know, having the privilege of of leading the global team here in marketing. I don't know that I would have changed anything, but I think making more strategic choices and being overt in those choices and then ultimately either building on the success there or making the next strategic choice to evolve beyond that. I tell my team all the time, let's make a choice and let's go all in on it and ultimately live and die by the results of it rather than sort of iterating our way to some outcome. Mm. And so I think the more that you can be overt in the things that you're choosing to do and choosing not to do, and then ultimately from that uh, aspect, being able to live and die by those results is really important. So that might be something that I would uh, approach mm. slightly differently. And um, and in you know, leading early teams and some of those things, I think we have a tendency in big companies to go chase a lot of things that that clearly all of them could be really important and and deliver a result. I tell my team all the time, in the absence of strategy and prioritization, any idea can seem like a great one. But (laughs) take the time to prioritize and take the time to think about the strategies and what's going to have the biggest impact and making sure that we're going after those in the biggest way. And I think you look back on any year that I've had and the successful ones and the ones that have been more challenging, it almost always comes down to three to five things that we did really well or a place that we may have missed. And so the better and quicker you are at identifying the biggest things that are going to have the biggest impact and making sure your teams are focused on those, I think the better chance you have for success, you know, day to day, week to week and, and throughout the years. So I don't know. I don't know if Carl at 15 would have understood or listened <laughs> to that advice, but uh, that would have been a piece. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, um, is there a topic either you're trying to learn more about or you think marketers in general should be learning more about today? Well, huh, there, there are so many topics I would like to know more about. <laughs> I think the topic as marketers that we just have to continue to get after is consumer, consumer, consumer. Yeah. And there's always the topic du jour. And clearly, we want to make sure that we're aware of what's going on around us. But the more compassionate and the more convicted we are about knowing our consumers, the better off we are in ultimately delivering an experience and a product and an outcome that matters to them. And 
you know, we're in a really interesting space as marketers because the information is almost endless these days. You know, you think about what you can know about consumers. They're willing to share a lot of information about their self to be able to get that better experience. And that's a engagement that consumers and a journey that they're certainly willing to go on. We've seen that time and time again. And so I think the more that you can understand them, the better. Now, you know, I tell my team as well, look, information is interesting. What's the insight behind it? So mm-hmm. really understanding the insight behind a behavior, what they're doing, what co- how cohorts are acting, and how might we go approach that is what matters the most. And so continuing to just be compassionate, engaged, and interested in our consumers. And one piece I'll share with kind of our overall marketing community, you know, I always talk about gift giving as an example, and really trying to continue to push that muscle of understanding consumers really well. And so about middle of November, I start reminding my team, if you're out buying gift cards for your family members and the people that matter the most to you, as a marketer, shame on you. If that's a that's a time every year that you can really exercise that muscle to pay attention and listen to what people are saying about things that they enjoy doing or that matter to them or their favorite color or recognizing that they've been talking about needing a new putter or whatever it may be. Right. And showing up with something that wasn't on a list, but that mattered a lot to them. And I, I think that's just a kind of part and parcel for what we do every day. And if you can go find those moments, you can go find that thing that matters to somebody that they mention one off here or there, but they didn't overtly tell you, man, what a great engagement um, that leads to in terms of them opening that box or whatever it may be. And it could be the smallest little thing that costs next to nothing or a drawing that you did for them or whatever it may be. But be passionate about the consumer and flex that muscle as marketers to make sure that we're thinking about it, but really finding ways to uh, understand who they are. And, And again, the insight behind them versus the volumes of information that are out there. Love it. Love it. Well, are there any trends or subcultures that you follow or you think other people should take notice of? Oh, boy. There's <laughs> the subcultures. I don't know. How about talk about gaming? What an evolution. Right. I had a Commodore 64 when, you know, if you want to wonder about my gray hair <laughs> and, and the games I was playing back in the day, I thought I had made it when I got to play a ColecoVision the first time. So, you know, you think about what that's evolved to. I actually saw someone on an airplane that was using a VR headset uh, on my latest trip to a vacation. So just pause on that for a second. But, you know, that's a space that clearly tech hitting consumers and not in a bad way, but, you know, Mm -hmm. how you can get engaged in that. And, you know, we're clearly not all the way to Ready Player One yet, but man, we're getting pretty close. And so (laughs) understanding the right way to continue to engage in those worlds, how we as marketers and brands can be real currency and the crossover between those virtual worlds and having a cheeseburger and fries show up at somebody's house and and not be disruptive. And that is certainly a place that we're, we're taking a look at. So at least for me, because I'm interested in it for our teams here at Wendy's, because our consumers are interested in it. And just because it's clearly something that is evolving at, at an exponential pace, I think gaming's definitely one for all of mm. us to, to pay attention to and try to figure out how to use all those darn buttons. <laughs> I, you know, I, I grew up with a joystick and one button on the Atari. And, and uh, right. now my, my son's like, hey, you want to play some Madden? I'm like, Sure. Um, let's get after it. Except uh, you have to play with one hand because otherwise it's not fair. But uh, no, I, so, so I, I think it's an interesting space. There clearly there's a ton of subcultures that are out there. Like I said, for us, that's one that matters. But I like the idea of just get after it. Pick a yeah. couple and understand more just for the quest for more new info and to 
to see what the kids are up to. It's it's good stuff. I love it. I love it. And man, talking about Commodore 64 ColecoVision, I had not heard that in like 20 years, I think, at this point. But I remember those silly paddles, like the big dials on top of them. And then the Atari and Nintendo was my, my go-to for the most part. But yeah, so... <laughs> Wow. Last from the past. Uh, there you go. Last question for you. What What do you think is the largest opportunity or threat facing marketers today? Ooh, that's a, that's a meaty one <laughs> to wrap it up with. Look, the disparate nature for which we engage with our consumers these days, I think it's a huge opportunity in that you, know, you can drive that one-to-one engagement. And mm. to the extent that you take the time and really do understand where are they? Uh, what matters to them? And in what way can you engage with a consumer uh, in that specific venue, forum, or otherwise is a huge opportunity. On the flip side of that, not even 10 years ago, you could still get after a vast majority of the, the consumer landscape in the US and globally by approaching them through linear television, as an example. And so I think we're just going to have to continue to get smarter and smarter about the ways to go tell our stories. And they're not going to just look like a 30-second linear television ad as we continue to move forward. And so more and more mix getting shifted to different places. And ultimately, that also comes with the need to create content and creative in different ways. And so you know, I think the challenge is that it's a lot more work. The excitement is, what a great opportunity to have that direct engagement with the consumer. And understanding them and be able to talk in their language and things that matter to them and and delivering against it that way. So I think it's a great opportunity. And it also just makes it that more challenging to make sure you know your stuff and you get focused on the things that matter most. So anyway, awesome. it's, it's, a, it's an amazing time to be a marketer. And while a thousand things have changed, there's one core thing that hasn't changed at all at the heart of it, which is, do you know who your consumer is? Do you know what matters to them? Do you know what challenges they're facing? And if you're ultimately creating solutions to those challenges, then it just becomes finding the right and appropriate way to let them know you've done it. And in that, I, I still think marketing is very similar to the early days of probably the first Coulter uh, marketing textbook I had. So, you know, <laughs> I, I think a lot of things have changed and many things are still the same. And that's what we've got to continue to to thread the needle between and um it's a it's an awesome place to be i love it carl thank you so much for coming on the show thank you really appreciated uh the chance to connect and looking forward to hearing about that next single with uh, no onion <laughs> that you have appreciate the business love it hi it's alan again marketing today was created and produced by me with post-production support from sam robertson if you're new to marketing today please feel free to write us a review on itunes or your favorite listening platform don't forget to subscribe on marketingtodaypodcast.com. Tell your friends and colleagues about the show. I love hearing from listeners. You can contact me at marketingtodaypodcast.com. There you'll also find complete show notes and links to what was discussed in the episode today. And you can search our archives. I'm Alan Hart, and this is Marketing Today. If you want to understand how marketing is changing and how that will affect your brand, you need Future Proof, the podcast from Kantar that tells you how to find growth. Created in conjunction with Side Business School at Oxford University, the Future Proof podcast provides a unique perspective on what truly makes a difference. To understand what's winning in marketing, 
Subscribe to Future Proof, a Kantar podcast now.